Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Taylor in 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. You know, this month, my wife and I are celebrating our 12th wedding anniversary. So I was looking at some pictures uh, from our wedding from 12 years ago. And notice how good I look in that tuxedo from Leon Taylor. Not just me, but all my groomsmen as well. And so if you got a big formal event or a wedding this fall or maybe wedding next spring, think about our good friends over at Leon Taylor. Larry, Norm, Kim, and Judy would be happy to see you. I'm happy to make you look as good today as I did 12 years ago. Well, It'll almost look as good as me as 12 years ago. I'm just kidding. So we go by Leon Tailoring. They'll be happy to see you. 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Well, as it is the first week of early voting here in the state of Indiana, we're talking to the Secretary of State, uh, Holly Sullivan. So, Madam Secretary, always good to chat with you. Uh, how are things going today? Things are going fantastic, and you're right. Today is the first day of voting, and I hope that Hoosiers will take advantage of the 28 days of voting season. Uh, how have our voting laws changed since uh, 2020 when we had to sort of the pandemic? We had to delay uh, the primary. There was talk about you no know, mail-in ballot and ballot security and integrity. Uh, so what's been done since 2020's election? Absolutely. We took a deep dive into 2020. Um, we realized that the convenience of the application process to be able to vote from home was something that Hoosiers utilized, a quarter million. Hoosiers uh, utilized the online application process to be able to get an absentee ballot. And because of that, we wanted to include that in our voter ID laws. So this year, Hoosiers will see a little bit of a change where you put your driver's license number or the last four digits of your Social Security number to be able to apply for a ballot online. Um, it's easy. You do not have to remember which credential you use to register to vote because that probably wasn't yesterday. It was many years ago. It will prompt you according to what you used. And then you will have um, that as another step in the confidence builders of Hoosiers as we turn out the vote. We know that building confidence is probably one of the most important things going into this election because we've heard nothing but um, something about the 2020 election in other states since um, the end of November. So this year, the other change um, isn't really um, statewide yet, but many voters will see a paper trail next to their DRE, so their direct record equipment, the equipment you use when you go to vote in person. You'll see a paper um, trail next to it where you can verify your ballot before it's tabulated. Um, if you don't see it this year, you will see it in 23 and 24 because it's a local decision on when those paper trails will be implemented for every Hoosier. But by the next presidential, um, each and every Hoosier that votes in person will have a paper ballot next to their DRE where they can verify their vote. Because I know that was an issue for some folks. It was like, you no, know, where's the paper trail? Uh, where's the audit trail for voting? Just to make sure that the, the, the vote that I cast is the vote that actually was cast. Right. When you vote on a piece of machinery, it is very secure, and we tabulate that vote, and each legal vote is counted quickly. But it's also the size of an iPad screen sometimes, and you have maybe six, seven pages to float through when you're voting. It's nice to be able to see your entire ballot in one piece of paper, and it's nice to be able to have that verification that exactly what you entered into the piece of equipment is what you are then saying, yes, this is what I want my ballot to look like before it's tabulated. If it's not, you have the ability to change it before you leave. But the one thing I would share is that voters are not taking that piece of paper home. That stays with your local election administrator, and that's what we use to be able to audit. We're going to double the amount of audits in 22 that we had in 20. And it's also the piece of paper we use to be able to do any recounts. We didn't have any recounts in 2020, but if we do in 22, we will be able to use this paper trail to make it even more taxpayer-friendly and faster. Uh, we talk about an audit of a voting process. How does What exactly does 
doesn't mean my dad wasn't auditor, but he audited things a little bit differently, I'm assuming, than election results. Sure. Um, an audit that we do, it's called a risk-limiting audit. It's basically looking at all the processes that are in place and verifying that the process does exactly what we um, intended. And it allows us to share that with our voters to increase their confidence. So I always share that when I was the quality manager at Toyota, we made the Tundras. Every once in a while, we take a Tundra off the end of the line. We would test it on the test track. We would put it through vehicle performance. That's exactly what we're doing um, with a risk-limiting audit. We are taking a sampling size that's statistically sound, but not too big where we're wasting taxpayer money. And then we're checking federal, state, and local races within that sampling size all the way down to the precinct level and verifying that the entire process is secure. We're talking to Holly Sullivan. Uh, Holly Sullivan is the Secretary of State, as it is the first week of early voting here uh, in the state of Indiana. Uh, Madam Secretary, one of the other things that popped up was election integrity. Uh, people worried that you know, someone may hack into our, our state voter-wide system or somebody may hack into you know, county election results and maybe change, change the, 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 the results. Uh, how does that work here in Indiana, and are all our voting systems on the same network? Great question. It is now a law in the state of Indiana that voting equipment cannot be attached to the Internet in any way. It also cannot have the ability to be connected to the Internet, and that's why we do a certification process of each piece of equipment before it goes to your local county um, administrator. That means that VSTOP is extremely important. It's a independent group that's housed in the footprint of Ball State University at the Bowen Center, and it's where we do um, quality lab checks of all the vendors equipment before it goes to the county level, ensuring that it's not connected to the internet. But we also have vote centers, um, and vote centers usually use um, what's called an e-poll book, so an electronic poll book, so that you can ensure the security that one voter cannot go from one voting location to another and vote twice in our state. Because that e-poll book needs to communicate with our statewide voter registration system, that conduit of communication is safeguarded with cybersecurity. That is the only conduit that needs the cybersecurity in place, um, and that voter registration system, that statewide voter registration system, is what we're protecting, that information. Now, the information in that system is all public information. It's what is available if um, asked um, at the BMB what your address is and if you're a verified registered voter in the state of Indiana. So there's no... Um, uh, I would say social security numbers or anything like that in the voter registration. But this year the legislature was extremely generous and did extend our cybersecurity contract with general fund um, resources so that we can continue that throughout um, our next several elections, knowing that we have cybersecurity and knowing that we have no internet connections with our voting equipment. Hoosiers can see um, through even our public test days at your local county clerk by um, going through a mock election and asking as many questions as you want, um, that we have a very transparent and secure election here in Indiana. Uh, speaking of which, uh, how are we doing with vote centers here in Indiana? 58 counties and climbing. Um, Hoosiers truly love the convenience of a vote center. You can vote on the way to work or way home from picking up your child from school, not exactly in the precinct that you live. That convenience is something that Hoosiers continue to ask for, and counties are um, coming on board pretty rapidly now. How easy or difficult was it to get 
get counties on board with the whole concept of voting centers because for so long it'd be either voted on election day at your precinct or you voted uh, at the county courthouse or the county clerk's office uh, maybe like a couple weekends beforehand. Right. I think um, one is that Hoosiers drive the change in their local government, which is always a good thing. And your voice at the ballot box is the biggest um, aspect of that. But it's also a fundamental Hoosier, I think, mentality of trying to be common sense and saving tax dollars. And when we use vote centers, we get to save money at the local level. We also have equipment now in our um, elections process where we didn't several years ago. And when we do equipment upgrades, it's nicer to only have um, the minimal amount of equipment that needs the upgrade. And so your local um, municipal bodies that are making those financial decisions are seeing the benefit. But almost every county that switches to a vote center also sees a higher turnout. We're talking to Holly Sullivan, Indiana Secretary of State. Uh, I want to change gears a little bit, because uh, in addition to voting, the Secretary of State also, you know, the security uh, commission fraud, as well as automobile dealerships. Anything new in those two areas uh, from, say, from last year? Sure. We have three public-facing divisions, auto dealers division and securities division and the business services division. The legislature um, passed our initiative on the auto dealers division where we're – well, actually, the entire nation saw an increase in catalytic converter thefts. I think it was the last number I saw, 300 percent increase in theft. Um, That is crazy amount of money that a Hoosier has to, one, take a day off work, get your vehicle fixed, fix it with a $1,000-plus bill. Um, But really what – What we wanted to do was curb the appetite of that theft by making it less desirable to sell those. So we did that. Um, The legislature passed that through the House and Senate. It's signed into law where now instead of what we're seeing as kind of a business plan that um, those that were uh, stealing these catalytic converters stealing many in one night, sometimes um, as we sell up north, an entire RV lot, the brand new manufactured RVs, all catalytic converters stolen in one weekend. Now you can only sell one a day and you can only make $25 per purchase. And there's some rules and regulations that were put into place around um, the industry of salvage and recycling. All with salvage and recycling industry at the table, they wanted to keep the bad actors out of their industry. And we're going to continue to partner with the law enforcement to make improvements in that way. So that's one change in the auto dealers division. And as you've seen, as you travel the state, as I travel the state, there's not as many um, inventory uh, on the lot. So our communication is with our dealers helping with anything we can with supply chain wise communication to manufacturers and um, continuing to grow their footprint here. We have 5,000 auto dealers in the state, but we also have some innovative Hoosiers that are trying different types of mousetraps and different ways to engage a car sale. So that is always a topic at the auto dealers division. In the securities division, we've had a very successful year, we have an amazing group of individuals that do investigations um, when we're giving, given the lead on any type of predatory activity in the investment and securities um, industry. We have had over $218,000 given back to Hoosiers after prosecutions from our restitution fund. So Hoosiers are well served by our securities division, but also very thankful that the legislature several years ago um, allowed us to have the restitution fund to make Hoosiers whole. 
And with respect to uh, business licensing, uh, I'm assuming that's gotten a lot easier over the past few years. Absolutely. We were actually a national leader um, by putting everything online. Now business owners engage with state government with an electronic briefcase because everything's at inbiz.in.gov, and that was well before the pandemic. But now it's a norm, um, people um, engaging with all agencies online. But we saw an increase in Hoosiers wanting to start a company, and we had record-setting year in 2021 with business entities. I think that's exciting because it probably shows um, risk is something they're willing to take right now in Indiana because policies are strong and we have some common sense um, interaction with business owners through the portal. Holly Sullivan for a few more minutes on the program today. Uh, spoke to a couple of your possible challengers, uh, upcoming election. Uh, one, uh, Dave Sexton, who is uh, Knox County Clerk, talked about uh, sort of polled, uh, elect- uh, sort of a boot camp for county clerks. So he said, if someone gets elected county clerk, it's a brand new world, brand new language, so they need a boot camp to help them. Diego Morales talked about you know shortening the the time to vote from 30 days to 14 days, encouraging people to vote uh, in person. Uh, what sort of ideas do you have? to make voting easier or the process easier uh, for Hoosiers should you get reelected to this job? Sure. I think um, looking at our current Indiana election code, we have very strong code, and we have probably one of the most accessible votes in especially the Midwest and not the nation. The legislature just um, in 2020 expanded it by another year. So we continue to make online easier interaction, but also safeguarding it. We know that safeguarding the online presence of applying for an absentee ballot is important to Hoosiers because we can't lose confidence. Just like Georgia, um, they lost confidence in the process and then voters didn't show up and engage in the vote. This year, your ballot is very long in the state of Indiana. We had over 8,000 candidates file statewide. So your voice at the ballot box is so important. Making it easier and more accessible but is important, and and that's what you've heard from the other two. But I think more than ever right now what we're hearing when we travel the 92 counties is Hoosiers truly want to understand the process, and they want to understand the safeguards that are in place to protect their vote. And that's what we're doing with increasing the cybersecurity, which we did this year, Um, and passing the three um, legislative um, initiatives this year already only a year into the office, and we were able to safeguard the vote in a new way with the paper trail, with cybersecurity, and with absentee ballots also having the voter ID laws. So I'll continue to engage um, with all 92 counties, make sure that we're hearing from Hoosiers across the state, and then partner again with the legislature to make our election code even better um, next year. But really, we have to also understand the fact that we are doing extremely well in the state of Indiana. Our local elected officials do have term limits at the local level. Um, I think Hoosiers respect that and want that. It also allows for an innovative look at the standard practices that are in place, which makes our audits more and more important each year. So we'll continue to audit the process, and that helps new clerks understand it, and we'll continue to partner with our new elected officials just like we have in the past and um, ensure that we have the standard practices in place that allow a new clerk to ramp up quickly through the transition and allow them to have just as safe as an election as the prior clerk. How easy, difficult has it been to do your job with all the allegations out there about voter fraud, even though it, there's there's no more voter fraud than, and from what I've seen so far than usual and not enough to make a difference and just sort of 
baseless allegations of voter fraud and people you know, pulling up semi trucks in the back of you know county clerks' offices with with votes for for a certain candidate. Well, it's, we've had a unique experience here after the 2020 election because the 24-7 cycle news has continued to keep election integrity at the forefront. But I also consider it an honor because now that opens the door to more conversation with Hoosier voters. It is my job as a chief elections officer to engage that conversation and ensure that we increase the confidence of voters. And I think we do that for education purposes. Knowledge is power. If they know the process, they know the safeguards in place. Um, they are more apt to trust and understand that our elections are safe and secure in Indiana. But we also have to consider the fact that for many, many years, the legislative branch has put teeth in the law in the election code. Um, Our neighboring states don't quite have that. Um, And so if you see fraud in another state and you see it on the news, you usually don't see a follow-up story about how they were prosecuted. Here in Indiana, we have teeth in law and there is prosecution. Um, so what do you tell, Bob, as you go forward, obviously you guys got your convention in June, what do you, what do you tell the delegates to like convince you, like, hey, with our first term in office, I deserve a full term? What, what message do you take to them? Sure, it's an honor. We have 1,802 delegates, and I get to have a one-on-one interview um, to be hired again for another four years. And during that interview, I talk about the fact that it's now important, more important than ever to have legislative background um, and understand the legislative process. Um, experience in government is important and needed to be able to interact with the other statewides as well as make an influence on and let Indiana lead as we deserve, as Hoosiers deserve. Um, Secretary of State and the state of Indiana should be leading other states to let them understand the laws that we currently have in place and help them and um, educate their legislative branch to do the same. Um, We saw that in Texas with a big election overhaul bill that Governor Abbott signed into law. Many of those were to remove current law and to become more like Indiana. My role as the executive um, committee for Republican Secretaries of State Caucus is to do exactly that, to allow Indiana to lead because when you talk to Hoosiers in general, they trust the Indiana elections process. They feel our Indiana election code is sound, but when you talk to them about our surrounding states, our neighbors, um, and the, the national election they don't feel the same. So it's time for the Secretary of State to also take leadership um, and to help the national vote as well. Secretary of State Holly Sullivan, uh, thank you very much for taking a few minutes to talk to us. We do appreciate you as always. Thank you. Thanks for your time. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.